commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Rex Combat, and you're listening to Core World News, your all-net news show for in-depth coverage and analysis for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now for a special edition of Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. But first, your host Ben Grant Adam catch up about all things Core World News. All right, uh, Grex, thanks very much for the intro, uh, and yeah. to all of our listeners, thanks very much for listening. Um, yeah, we've, um, you know, last week we had a great interview um, with uh, Adele Barbado, um, and so we're going to go through some of the follow to that. I wanted to discuss that with Adam and Grant here um, because they weren't able to take part in that conversation, and it was fascinating. Um, I also want to give a quick shout out. Um, Adam and I went to an event in Boston um star brews uh which was a beer and star wars event which was interesting to say the least <laughs> and, uh, so i just want to say <laughs> we, we met a lot of great people there a lot of hardcore fans yeah. so um if you're and listening some other people and some other people too yeah if you're listening um welcome thanks so much for listening uh to us just want to give you a shout out ah so yeah. uh, and also yeah so we also had a little um um a complete script uh find its way to the internet Maybe we should uh, start there from um, Trevor. We we clearly had we had a conversation about this a few weeks ago when the art started coming out. But this filled in every little detail there. Um, I had a lot of mixed feelings about this. Uh, one of you guys want to start talking about that a little bit? Uh, I, I'll talk about it for a quick second. Uh, I've only just uh, you know skimmed through it. Uh, I, I, there are some scenes I really liked. The dialogue seems like it was a work in progress, but um, I overall I thought it had some really interesting ideas. Uh, it just didn't have that overarching message that I thought JJ nailed and did so well with in the Rise of Skywalker. Um, but other than that, there's some incredible visuals, and I think you know we talked about this before for a little bit uh, on one of the previous episodes, and I feel like we came to an understanding that was like. Yeah. Yeah, there's great visuals, but the message wasn't there. I, I still stand by that. Like, I, yeah. I still feel like the same way. Yeah, I think that's kind of why we're not going to spend an episode covering it. We kind of said everything we already needed to say, and I, I don't think anything's really changed after flipping through it. Granted, I have not read it, you know, word for word, and I will definitely do that. I printed it out, and it's in a binder and everything. Like, I'm <laughs> ready to dive into this thing. I'm fascinated because part of it is, like, I'm not, like... I'm not a person who who like wishes we got something else about things. I'm just happy with what we got and I try to focus on the positive. But I do love alternate reality things at the same time. So I do yeah. love like what could have been not in a like, oh, I wish we got this of like how fascinating this thing is. So I'm looking forward to diving into it. But, you know, I'm going to read it. And when I do, I'm going to keep an open mind and say this is like, as Grant said, a work in progress. And it's probably not. It's definitely not the shooting script. You know, they would have gotten a lot of the yeah. dialogue down. But I agree. Like I, I same thing. It's amazing visuals. There's really cool stuff there. But I, the story does not resonate with me the way that Tross did. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel the same way. I, I don't feel like there's any more ground to cover here. Honestly, it, yeah. I, I've only, you know, I got through the first few scenes, and I, I will eventually make my way through it because, you know, at my heart, I'm a Star Wars fan, and I just like to put my mind in the galaxy. Um, and this does the that but it's it's tainted for me um the negative here is that i just feel like it's a really bad look I, it, it has to come yeah. like th I, this is completely unprecedented as far as i know as far as like an you know alternate director like this script coming out it had to come from trevor's like immediate circle if not from him himself and i just think it's a really bad look and usually lucasfilm is real i mean they have pretty ironclad ndas and like to prevent stuff like from this happening it's borderline illegal and it's just it, it's kind of a slap in the face to jj who i think did a fabulous job i, I think this is jj's best final chapter he's ever written um I, I thought it was a very satisfying and and amazing movie and it's gonna you know as people get used to this movie and see it a couple times i think they're really going to start to appreciate it even for a seasoned like star wars you know hardcore it took a few times to really even understand all the beats they were hitting in that movie. So um, I don't know. So it's interesting. It's it's a cool thing to see. There were a lot of cool Star Wars stuff that, I, you know, I would like to see, um, but maybe take 
form in a different movie or something. Yeah. But generally, I just think it's a bad look that it's out there. It's just causing more like confusion and dissent. And yeah, and I know we don't we don't need this right now. Like I'm fascinated by it, but like it also I very similar. Like, Ugh, what is this going to do to the fan base? Are we going to get as as you know the word that we've used? I don't want to say who used it, but tribalism starting to form, which is never a good thing. Right. Um, we're all Star question. Wars fans. Yeah. Let's just like Star Wars and watch funny like space <clears throat> opera sci-fi. It'll be great. We like what we like. We don't like what we don't like. Don't you know? Don't yuck my yum, and I won't yuck yours. That's always my philosophy. Um, and I think the three of us have a good relationship with that. We all have differing opinions on what we like and what we don't like, but we respect each other's opinions and have a lot of fun yelling at each other because we're friends. Don't yell at random strangers in the internet. Yell at your friends when you know you're having <laughs> yeah. fun. Exactly. Um, but I have a quick question kind of building off of that, which is interesting because I didn't think about how unprecedented this is, this is, which it is. Um, we still don't. We, have we ever seen the original script for Rogue One or Solo? No. Right. Like, think about that. That's telling. Solo was buried a hundred parsecs deep in the center of a planet. <laughs> I mean, they won't even they don't even mention Lord Miller's name. And they, any don't stuff. Acknowledge they, that know, they yeah. lopped off all this other stuff, I think. Adam, I remember you pre-ordered the art of Tross, yeah, and, um, and it was delayed significantly. And this must be it. I think they were cutting think so. out all of, yeah. or a, a lot of um, Colin uh, of yeah. Trevorrow's, yeah. you know, you know arts in there. But you know, it's coming out next month. Not to do a, a you know a reading Rathtar quick segment is the uh, official novelization of uh, Tross is coming out in March. Oh, wow. and oh I can't def- wait to dig into that. I'm definitely digging into yeah. that. That's the first one I'm very excited to read. Yeah. I yeah, going see. back, uh, going back to Lord and Miller, I, I don't know if that stuff will, would be on the page if you were to see the script in the first place, because it sounds like there was a lot True. of improvisation yeah. going on, and yeah. that's that was really where the fallout began. And so, it's it's a it's a really interesting thing to look into. I think it's the most interesting story behind that film, and it's a shame that we're never going to learn that story or see that story or see how it unfolded and what really what mishaps happened. So. How much would you pay to get the dailies of that? Oh wow. Oh, oh, like yeah. the, the the like uh, outtakes that they're yeah. like you know the red flags that Alden Ironreich was like um when he went to Kathleen and he's like I think we need an adult in the room <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that would be some good stuff so I'm proposing a, a like a segment down the line we don't have to do it tonight but like this is your homework we should all come up with our top three holy grails of Star Wars like things that we know exist about production that we'd love to see. Oh yeah, I want to see the Michael Arndt draft of The Force Awakens and the yeah. saber in space to start the film, and mm-hmm. that hand, Luke's severed hand, and whatever that was that that rumor yeah. was going around. It was yeah. a severed yeah. a severed hand and the lightsaber floating in the Ugh. space. So it's like, oof, it's a strange Remember way to start a film. Golden days of like pre sequel rumors when it was all kind of fun and no one hated each other and it was <laughs> yeah. a garbage a dumpster yeah. fire. Oh. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, hey, brighter days are coming. Uh, it's the, the the night is yeah. darkest before the dawn, et cetera, et cetera. It's you know, it things are going to get better here. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I it, agree. It, it it was. I mean, this is why I'm conflicted because like, I now that I've seen behind the curtain and I've seen um, Trevorrow's script, the what if I'm I'm kind of sad that I have. It's because mm. now I'm I'm always going to have this mental duology. Um, yeah, but what if? Sort of like, what if? It was like, oh, wait, which movie was that? And I, I love The Rise of Skywalker. I think it's awesome. I, there's so much in there that I'm, I'm going to be thinking about that movie forever. It's going to have an incredible rewatch value. Yeah. Um, and I'm sort of sad that I've tainted myself with this. Um, but yes, as a fan, as a movie fan, as a Star Wars fan, it, it would be fascinating to see, um, to see that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I feel like Trevorrow's uh, aesthetic or his concept for Leia's look in his film was just gorgeous. Like it was this almost like Leia, the like Galadriel-esque Leia, this kind of Gandalf the White looking yeah. Leia. It was really stunning looking. Yeah, uh, she yeah, was definitely. she looked yeah stunning. And um, and just the idea of the beacon and sending Leia's hologram all around the galaxy for this big rallying call at the end of the film is kind of it's, it's a really beautiful idea. Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. it's great. It is, as Ben said, like we're gonna have so much more Star Wars. These themes can pop up elsewhere, <laughs> and they can use them. And I don't, I don't mean that in a dismissive way. It's just like great. You have all this stuff that 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 Lucas and Disney own that you can be like, yeah, we're gonna steal that. Sorry, Colin. Yeah, <laughs> we'll give you and, a, an idea by. 
We'll and give I you think, a writer's credit on yeah. uh, The Rise of Skywalker so we can use everything from your treatments mm-hmm. and your script in ancillary materials like the comics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I.e. <you>. Starlight <laughs> yeah. Station. Uh, yeah. And there definitely were some things that um, that J.J. borrowed from that script. Sure. I mean, like plot points, but then he designed them entirely differently. Like there was sort of um, they met up with a spy within like a, a camp or a facility. And that's sort of, you know, where how the movie starts. And um, yeah, there's I mean, again, I'm kind of early on in it. But um, yeah, it there's there's definitely things that that cross over there. Um, and I'll definitely check yeah. it out. But I mean, I mean, this you just mentioned it, Grant. I mean, Leia is beautiful in the in the mm-hmm. Trevorrow script. But so how would he have reacted? Because he would have been completely kneecapped when right. Terry Fisher passed away. And JJ just like did this, had this really beautiful way to answer that. Like, you know, what, what would have Trevorrow done? You know, I I don't know. CGI Carrie Fisher is probably the way you'd go, but like Meryl Meryl Streep. Remember that rumor? Meryl Streep. Yeah. I was on board for that. (laughs) That's on tape. We talked each other into that real hard. Yeah, we did. We're like, oh, (laughs) someone's going to do it. I'm like, I could, I could be down with that. And I mean, we want to, you know, honor, you know people where they do i'm glad it, it went this way i'll just Me say too. that that could have been where the fretting and the kind of the, the chaos and the divide came from is after mm. the passing of carrie and the adjusting of this script and oh. maybe some people's reluctance to adjust the script i mean yeah. this could totally be a hot button point of why yeah. he got kicked off the project so <laughs> yeah yeah so, that's a valid that's a valid idea that's interesting i didn't think about that so we introduced the saying, we're not going to talk about this script. And we spent the last 20 minutes talking about why we're not going to talk about it and what we're not going to talk about. <laughs> 11 minutes. It's been 11 minutes. I'm sorry. Okay. I do tend to exaggerate. Yeah. And it's something or, that hasn't hyperbolic. been, ex- it had something that has not been executed. So we can't, you know, we can't vouch for it, you know, as a kind of visual property. I, or you know, exactly. I, I, I'm talking about the visuals being outstanding, but I'm, I haven't seen them and. I wasn't a huge fan of Jurassic World uh, or the or the sequel to it, so oh, I don't know are, how the execution would turn out. You are right. so kind, sir. I think those <laughs> movies are utterly whatever. I can't even. I don't want to be negative. You? But you don't yeah, think we could be exploiting now, brands I, in 2020? Do you? Literally. Uh, well, th- there's good exploitation and bad exploitation. <laughs> and hey, there's a perfect segue to the next segment. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so do we want to talk about uh, last week's interview? Um, because uh, yeah. Yeah. had a really I, I thought she's a really you know classic, really interesting case study in um, Star Wars fan. She was completely orthodox religi- uh, um, original trilogy, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I loved how real Adele was. Uh, just her answers were really, really yeah. candid. And right. uh, I couldn't I couldn't appreciate that more. That was just such a great interview. And yeah. um, let me let me take really a step awesome back. Job. Yeah, absolutely. I want to take a step back and and thank and congratulate Ben for doing such a great job with that interview. Um, oh. I I really appreciated your questions. It felt very natural and and I makes me never want to do an interview for the podcast again. <laughs> you thank you very much. It's very nice, Graham. I had a lot of trepidation after that. I, I thought um, she was fascinating and brilliant and had more experience in star wars than i could even wrap my head around so i was nervous i wanted to i wanted to to probe her mind forever um for her star wars knowledge but she was uh she was lovely and articulate and um i I really enjoyed my time talking to her very cool to know that she has worked with and you know seen the yoda puppets from the original trilogy And uh, it was so cool when you asked her to kind of measure, uh, you know, anatomically, you know, the, the puppet versus the baby Yoda puppet now in the Mandalorian. And if they're if that makes sense, anatomic and anatomically. And if they you know, it's like that was such a great that was question. a cool that was a yeah, cool question. It was. Super yeah, cool. I just thought like, you know, quality of puppet, too. It's just sort of like when you look at Yoda, the Yoda puppet. I mean, that is the character. And it's like I never think puppet. I just think that's no. the, the person. And the yeah. same with um, with Baby Yoda, but I wonder. I mean, Baby Yoda like looks kind of like a plushie. It's it it's almost like pulls you out of a little bit because you're like, is that a real yeah. creature? But it's like yeah. so adorable. You're like, I don't care. I just want to keep looking at it. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, but yeah, fascinating stuff. So yeah, um, anything else you guys want to say about um, things she said? I know like the art she um, talked about was amazing. Um, Grant had asked me yeah. sort of offhand. He wanted desperately to know about those, um, those paintings there, um, the matte paintings. Yeah. Yeah. Those are just so beautiful. And in the days before, you know, green screen set extensions, I mean, those matte paintings were the, 
the top of the line. They were just gorgeous. I think it was Ralph McQuarrie original art. Like it was ugh, it's just stunning. I mean, they were like before that, the, the, the standard of map paintings were like Star Trek, the original series, which I don't want to I don't want to like, you know, poop on that. But like right. that was like the, the heyday of map paintings. And you go back and watch those those original episodes. And it's just like that's clearly just paint behind them. And <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I ever realized. I mean, I must have known. But listening to that interview, I don't think I realized how much matte, matte paintings were used. And then the second that you talked about it, I'm like, oh, of course those were matte paintings. But they're like they're so good. And the cinematography is so amazing that you just don't think about it at all. As opposed to like, again, we're comparing TV to movies, but still like it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. And really cool when she brought up those uh, she talked about those generators that are behind Palpatine and those being made I, from like red yeah. solo cups, just the cheapest yeah. materials. And they look so good on screen. They look it looks like metallic. It look has the sheen. I mean, like I really didn't question anything in the background of the throne room chamber or anything like that. It so was be, that it's such a cheapy material? Was that what that was? So I was trying to figure out um, for the life of me. Meanwhile, so full disclosure, not I'm about to. That sounds like I'm about to admit something. I was listening to it driving, like everyone does with every podcast. Right. Um, <laughs> so I, so I wasn't able to Google. But for some reason, she had said there was an Imperial officer and my mind kept getting stuck on was it episode six when they when Han had like when they go into the shield generator on Endor. Like for my mind, I kept thinking it was that. Are, are we sure? Do we oh. know what, what what she was referring to? Because that's what my mind kept thinking back to. Yeah, my mind went to the throne room and throne room. I, I guess some things that were behind Palpatine. I don't know. yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Oh, but it would be actually that the like the generator in um, the shield generator on Endor, actually, because that could be so Googling shield generator. O. this may be because of like my search history. I just wrote shield generator. O, and it's an autocorrect autofilled shield generator on Endor. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Your phone is is a symbiotic uh, entity now with you. Yeah. So now I'm kind of looking. Yeah. Right. So um, keep talking. Yeah. But yeah, I, oh, I was just I, yeah. I didn't, had no idea. I just really loved her, love- her point of view of that. Like she's a historian, you know, she's an archaeologist, which is so funny because like she's totally, you know, Indiana Jones. Um, I get, you know, I can see her just moving quickly from Indiana Jones to Han Solo and like falling in love with that, um, even though she's hardcore Boba Fett fan as well which is great but um just how she's like no these are like the sacred texts the sacred texts are the original george lucas thing she's touched these materials as it you know it, i mean so it's this trilogy that's so integral to our lives is now tangible for her so it's real uh-huh. you know it's like this is real history that's happened and um and so she i mean it seems like a, a part of her opinion is like she wants that maintained as this this is star wars this is it because i touched it you know, um, but uh, yeah, I just thought that was a that's a really sort of unique point of view that she had, which was cool. I so this this is is going to come across as a joke, but I kind of mean it sincerely. Um, I don't think I've ever been more jealous of another human being in my entire life <laughs> listening to that <laughs> podcast. And then I also think I it's, I've never had I've never met someone not met, but listened to someone who so clearly made me question all of my decisions in life because <laughs> I make the joke and I made this on when I was on, you haven't seen what I made the joke. That's kind of true. Is that like my equation in life, how I ended up being a professor, a doctor, a PhD in, in school is that it's Indiana Jones plus Matt Hooper plus Clarice Starling equals Adam gets a degree in criminal <laughs> justice. Yeah, it's literally that. It. like, it's just all it is. And I'm like, if it was just Matt Hooper plus Indiana Jones plus like one other thing, I could have been an archaeologist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah, you were that close to like the, the path, the, the garden of forking paths that could have led you to something like that. I mean, these I mean, she's a very specified, like unique set of skills. It's very, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, very competitive, very tough to get into that. And um, she found her way there, um, which is uh, to be commended. That's really, you know, really That's, great that. But That's you never know. I, I'm not trying to say I could do what she does because I know I couldn't. But I oh, just and, and I I'm not saying you could. No, I, I know you didn't. But, but yeah, just, but it, it's interesting. It's just um, if you're still trying to figure out what you're doing in life, always do things that make you sublimely happy. It will lead to some way. Someone will pay you for it eventually if you get really good at it. Follow yeah, your bliss, so as Campbell would say. For. Yes, yes. Indeed. Um, 
I loved how she uh, highlighted the the kind of the genius, the mastery, the magic of of filmmaking from concept to production design and and the craft and it really and being someone who dwelt in the archives sorting this sort of stuff it's like she actually got to see both the concept art firsthand and the finished product of what was built on set yeah. the day of shooting like that is that's really living the magic that's really understanding star wars to a degree that i think a lot of fans haven't yet and what's why we go to celebration it's why we mm -hmm. try to get as close as we can to this stuff uh, I know. And I mean, just the concept art alone, like I would want to put it all on a bed and roll around it. Like, I love it so much. <laughs> like, like, you know, like $100 bills. Like, I, that's what I'd want to do. Like, it might be valued like, slightly less after that. Yeah, also, yeah, yeah. It would. But I mean, like, just because I want it in my soul, I love that concept yeah. art so much. I can just yeah. gaze at it forever. Totally. Hey, don't get the reference, kids. Google a decent yeah. proposal from 1994. <laughs> Good pull. That might be right. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. Um, I wanted that's to dig in more on um, prequel stuff, but I didn't because she's not a super fan. But no, uh, if you go, so this museum is still in um, in the production phase. It's still building it, but they have a website. It's gorgeous and it's already compartmentalized. So you can sort of tell which way they're going to go. And and like I said in the mm -hmm. um, the pod, it's going to be wide in scope. But they have um, the the concept art for Oto Gunga up there, the like the Gungan mm. city underwater, and it's breathtaking. It's, oh wow! It's yeah, breathtaking. Yeah, and I mean they they pulled it off on screen, but there's something about this still art that's just so amazing, and and I think that's why I, I was thinking about this earlier. Why I love those matte paintings as background for um these movies, like they I think someone should try and do that again because it just gives this like creamy effect. It's like there's bokeh in space. It's like, mm. I don't know. It just makes the, the space seem a little more tangible and like tactile. And I don't know, there's something about it. That's just um, kind of, kind of fantastic. And, and you know, in a way that still art is that digital art just doesn't do those things. So. Um, and yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, the new iteration is the, the stagecraft technology and the volume, as they call it. That's the, they're using the Mandalorian. It's kind of this, yeah, yeah, amazing. This, uh, you know, uh, live action, real time yeah. rendering of a planet or space. So, I mean, hopefully, yeah. I would love to see something that's produced and directed, and all the art direction follows what the old films did with matte paints and things like that. That would be a really fascinating thing to watch or see. Sure. That would be that would love... be the next logical step, I think. I mean, because yeah. you know, Favreau took it sort of half step towards it, but like that would, I mean, someone should do it full, you know, kit bash, do the full thing, and they will. But it all builds on each other, right? Like that's what I find amazing about this is like you can trace that thread from what Favreau did back to map paintings, right? It's just it's just what a map painting is with all the technology we have, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. being able to throw it behind the person and make it look that much realer. Like it just. That I don't know. I'm just blown away by all this stuff. And I'm so excited for this museum. And like, I know we have to still go to Galaxy's Edge mm. and we have to do all these other things. But when that opens, we're definitely going to have to do a field trip out there. That'd be a great field trip, man. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's LA, right? So we can do, so we can do that Galaxy's Edge West Coast because we'll have already done with Galaxy's Edge East Coast. And then we can also do the Scum and Villainy Cantina. That's our field trip. I'm already planning it. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it. Um, and, um, yeah, so great. And, uh, Adam, uh, you, you're our road warrior here. You've been on a couple other podcasts and you're going to be, you're about to be on another one. Yeah. I, I thank, thank you guys for, for creating the monster that I've become, which is, <laughs> you're welcome, which is addicted to podcasts, addicted to talking. Cause I know that's weird. It's not like my job is, is talking. It's not like I just spent four hours before this podcast talking to students incessantly. And trying to ignore yawns, uh, but um, I this it, I wanted to signal boost uh, a podcast that just started up last week called Tronologically Speaking, which is Tron the, related, uh, I assume. Yeah, good guess, spot on. Uh, it is uh, it is hosted by Duncan Shield, uh, who is a really interesting dude who I met on Facebook via multiple Facebook groups. Uh, but he is uh, starting, or he started a minute by minute deconstruction of the movie Tron, uh, which holds a very special place in my heart. That was one of those formative movies for me. 
And uh, I was fortunate enough to be on, I think, minutes 13 through 16. Uh, It comes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And he's just released uh, as of this, as of us releasing this, he'll have released the first six minutes so you can get caught up pretty quickly. And I listen to a lot of minute by minute podcasts, which is a genre. If you're obsessive, Uh, I got started with Star Wars Minute, which I was fortunate enough to be a guest on. Uh, I should know what minute it is, but it's the uh, Force Awakens. You can oh, not the Force Awakens. It was a Phantom Menace. You can Google it and find nascent Adam really poorly podcasting. Um, (laughs) It's real bad. I want to hear that. Oh, it's real bad. But they did a good job of editing out all the ums and interruptions. So I appreciate uh, uh, Alex's uh, hard work on that. But anyway, um, I listen to a lot of them and a lot of them are are very good. But I've really been digging Duncan's um, take on this. He he has a really thoughtful discussion and he has the first two guests are really thought really good and just deconstructing kind of like the movie, the movie's cultural place. And He's he works on uh, video games. So a lot of it is kind of like how this connects to modern technology. And one thing I'll say I learned about Tron from rewatching it because I haven't watched it in forever is that that movie should not exist. That movie never should have been made. It talks about computer stuff in a way that like it amazes me. It's 1984. People are like, I understand that computers are a thing that exists and it just but I don't know anything about it. And the movie just takes it completely straight and doesn't dumb it down for the audience. And Carly and I were watching it before I went on to the podcast and we're like, wow, how is this ever made? How did anyone understand anything that's happening in this movie? Cool, man. So, so All right. Listen Chronologically to speaking. Yeah. And I'll let you know when my minutes are up, if you just want to listen to me, but why would you do that? You should listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Listen to the whole thing. Sounds yeah. awesome. All right, great. Well, so we have uh, some new content that's uh, that's landed for Star Wars, so why don't we get into that? Punch it. Oh. One more time. Just, we're rolling now, so just okay. whenever you want to start talking, start so this is the segment where we talk about the comics. Uh, we're a bit backed up, but we only have two comics to talk about because Marvel's restarting the Star Wars run. So it's a little slow start, but we got uh, Darth Vader number one and the Rise of Kylo Ren number three to talk about. Uh, Grant, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about Darth Vader number one? Darth Vader number one, the dark heart of the Sith. Written by Greg Pak. Uh, art by Raphael Ienko and colorist is Niraj Menon, letterers VCs Joe Karamanga. Uh, let's get a little summary going. So after failing to turn his son, Luke Skywalker, to the dark side, Darth Vader and forensic droid Z67 embark on a secret mission to retrace Luke's past and investigate those who helped keep Luke's existence hidden from his father. Nice. Uh, can we just talk about Z67 for the next uh, half an hour? Yeah, sure. I think Grant, you go. Grant, you tell, you're like, what do you think about that droid? I don't know. I thought he was like, <laughs> all right, he's another plot device. Like, he's a Jar Jar Binks or a C-3PO or something. But I was like, all right, there, he's he's a droid. He's, he's weird, though. He's like a buff pit droid. Like, yeah, he totally is. Yeah, it's a perfect way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, I think uh, Greg Pak writes Vader so well in that yeah. there's not a lot of dialogue. So you sort of need a companion character to pick up that slack. And mm-hmm. Z67 is perfect. He's this kind of comic relief. He's light, it's this lighter note, this lighter, lighthearted kind of character that's accompanying Vader on this really fun secret mission. It kind of feels like they're going AWOL in this comic. It's yeah. really cool. They're literally going AWOL. Actually, that yeah. Was- oh, yeah. I One mean, scene that I, I did not expect was the Emperor being like, hey, where's Vader? And poor, I think it's Admiral Piet at that point is just like sweating bullets. Like he already was sweating <laughs> bullets when they let the Falcon go right after, you know, the scene and um, uh, the ending scene of Empire Strikes Back. And then, um, yeah. And then, and then Venny has to deal with the Emperor. Like he's whiz, uh, whistling through the graveyard there. Yeah. But what's uh, my favorite part is the the what's uh the emperor's reaction he laughs Do you remember laughter like that's laughter. perfect he's just like yep according to plan like yeah just, oh it's so great there's literally kid. a scene 
of uh of Vader and the droid walking away calmly from an explosion. Right. And he's like, or you could just stand there. I mean, that's cool, I guess. Yeah. But I'm like, are we seriously in a 1990s action film? I love it. Like, they're just like strutting yeah. away from a giant explosion. That's so on brand for Vader, though, especially Vader oh, yeah. in the comics is him just like on fire being like, well, got to go. And like another opportunity to just kill some guys. Can't wait. Yeah, I also love all the, the intercutting and kind of the filmic qualities of this issue. I really feel like they, they are pushing, you know, they're really, really dialing up the filmic qualities of these comics where you're yeah. getting intercutting, you're getting these juxtaposed shots from the, the films and this comic space and this story. Uh, really, really yeah. love that stuff. Let's talk about the, the intercutting slash flashbacks because we've seen it in both the main Star Wars run and Vader, right? So this is clearly yeah. something that at a writer's retreat, they decide it is important to the storytelling, which I agree. But I think it's really fascinating that we're seeing it both in both um, comics. Um, what do you think of the fact that we're seeing it through Vader's eyes, not Anakin's eyes? Right? Because it's literally red. All the flashbacks oh, yeah. are red. Yeah, I didn't even think about that filtering. But yeah, you're totally right. Because inside the mask, it's it's PC's red. Yeah. Even when he's thinking back to things that he saw as Anakin. Yeah. yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's a really, really beautiful uh, idea to show it in that way. And um, God, there's one moment in this comic where it, it shows like the literal, it shows like the, the fall of Anakin to the dark side and then mm -hmm. juxtaposes that with the literal fall of Luke down the shaft. And it's, yeah. wow. oh, and then Luke morphs into Padme. And it's just, it's really the most powerful sequence of, of panels I've seen in comics recently. Yeah, I, I as, a, as an avid comic book reader, I get I sometimes get nervous when they reboot, which I guess I don't think is the right term, but they restart the numbering. Right. Sometimes it feels gimmicky. Um, but this time I love the fact they're jumping past Empire. But I also feel like there is a, a change in the tone, like they clearly have a mission statement for these new comics. And I, and I kind of love it. What do you think yeah, that mission it, statement is? I mean, it, it just like the, the need to have more gravity to them. Yeah, I think mimic the tone of Empire and tell more personal stories. And I love the, the stuff we got in the earlier run. But I feel like it's yeah. more personal and more more like you said, more gravity. Yeah, yeah. I think that this is going to be something that's going to be interesting as we get more material and we start branching further and further away from the Star Wars I mean, the, the Skywalker saga, mm -hmm. I, I really think integral to the Star Wars DNA are going to be these callbacks to the original trilogy. And, um, you know, when we get to Kylo, like there's there's a lot of that as well. But I, I just think that, you know, no matter how far away we need to, you know, we're going to get, whether it's 400 years prior, there's always going to be these sort of like little drops that are going to tie you back into the Skywalker saga somehow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it that's instantly kind of makes it. Yeah, it instantly makes it so much more important um, and so much more relevant and then instantly part of the mythos. And yeah, and it's just great synergy. And yeah. I love synergy. <laughs> Me too. Totally. Uh, I love the death troopers in this too. They really just, they, yeah. they, they're garbled speech that you don't know what yeah. they're saying. <laughs> it's really, really cool. <laughs> I think the yeah. droid at one point says like, death troopers, wonderful. And I was like, <laughs> Because yep. he's a forensic psychologist. Yeah. Uh, like, so much more to analyze. Forensic, yeah. Yeah, he's like, they're going to give me lots of work. <laughs> a lot of dead things to look at. Um, uh, awesome. Oh, you know what I just noticed? I'm flipping through on my iPad so I don't have the page <laughs> number. But there's literally a scene when Vader is walking past um, the Lars homestead. And yeah. it mimicked that famous... Uh, remember in... The Shadow... Uh, the shadow. shadow. I never noticed yeah. that until I just looked but, at it. I'm like, but this oh, time it's amazing. Darth Vader just, casting just Darth Vader's Darth shadow. Darth Vader casting Darth Vader. But I that's one of my favorite like visuals from the prequel trilogy. Like I remember seeing that as a something year old teenager and just being blown away by that visual, just seeing little Annie casting the Vader shadow. Yeah, that was a really cool poster. Um yeah. and this yeah. kind of validates that poster. It's like, yeah, he actually did walk by that homestead at some point. Yep. And here here it is. Here's the moment. 
Yeah. And they, they did a lot of that in episode two with that like weird like little um, ponytail on um, on the back yep. of, you know, Padawan Anakin's head. And like, I think when he's on the speeder, it's like yeah. his silhouette. He looks like Darth Vader on a speeder, which is like, yeah, more of that, please. Thank yep. you. Yeah. Well, I think we've uh, beat around the bush enough. Do we want to talk about the literal last page of this comic? <laughs> Let's get into that. Yeah. So uh, obviously Vader, Vader goes to Tatooine. But uh, after going to Tatooine, he goes to Coruscant. And he actually goes to Padme's old uh, apartment that was sealed after her death mm-hmm. and had not. <laughs> no one has been inside since that moment. Uh, and they go inside, which seems kind of odd to me. You'd think like, you know, there'd be a hot, that'd be a hot ticket in the real estate market. Uh, yeah, Coruscant. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, uh, they built a huge statue or a, a, you know, statue of her face, <laughs> just her face over the door. Sealing yeah. It, like, it's, no, we're going to leave that forever. It's real weird. I, I saw that and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to choose not to engage and question this because it might break my brain and just be like, sure. Cool. Cool. Super. <laughs> it's a little weird, but whatever. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And part of me thinks Vader wouldn't destroy a kind of a, a monument to Padme. And I think he does to get inside, right? I think he does yeah. like split uh, face something. Cracks it in half like an egg. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, but uh so what do they find in there? They find a uh a scout transmitter. Is that what they find? Yeah, we'll call it that. I that was a yeah, little a scout little, transmitter. Yeah, gray area for me that leads yeah. Yeah, that I guess so. Someone has been sort of what monitoring the space, or I, I don't know. I was kind of lost to me. It, that happened really fast. I read MacGuffin and kind of moved on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So it led. I, to I took it as I took it as that Padme was was speaking to some, like you know was was sending messages to someone and yeah I can't and yeah, I mean when you put two, when you put two and two together it's like it has to be her entourage handmaids like right. Yeah. Who else is she talking to all the time? You know? Are you sure Padme didn't fake her death and didn't die from a broken heart and is back with a gun? <laughs> I'm 100 percent certain. Yeah, yeah I all saw right. the body. I saw the body at the end of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you? Okay, our fans probably read the internet. The number I so I read this today. I've been backed up, and I knew we were going to cover this. And I'm usually on top of it, but I I, I Google Star Wars. And so this is kind of ruined for me because I read a couple of or saw a couple of think pieces. And I'm like, really, Internet, are we actually going to engage the idea that this is Padme? Because no, <laughs> like, like, no. Yeah. And it so was... he does. He does use the scout transmitter to, and follows the signal to a planet called Vendoxa, where he does meet someone who he calls Padme. And the person looks like Padme. Sure. But it's but up Padme to your interpretation have... of the reader. Yeah, Padme didn't have a ton of people surrounding her that looked just like her, right? We didn't see that in all <laughs> yeah, of the Yeah, Anakin, films. you never knew about that, right? <laughs> I know. It's going to make, actually, like, a, a reread of the uh, the Amidala book, like, yeah. more important, because I it's... think we're going to find it's, you know, it's... I mean, it was fascinating because all that book was all about the interpersonal relationships of her I mean, and her, you know, handmaidens slash bodyguards. It's and, Sabe. Uh, Sabe. It's Sabe. That's what I said. I, I have Sabe right in front of me, Adam. Yeah, on my, it's got to be. Notes. Because the whole end of that novel is she figures she finds out what happened and is going to hunt down who killed like it's promised at the end of Queen Shadow. Right. Yeah. She also looks she she has she uh, she resembles Padme the the most out of all of them. Uh, If you if you look if you read some of the canon material and if you've also uh, read some of the behind the scenes uh, notes from uh, Phantom Menace where uh, Natalie Gorman's mom couldn't even tell. Kira Knightley apart from Natalie Portman when she was in the Queens and she actually played Sabe in the film. I mean, it's, it's and, spot uh, on. I remember yeah. as, a, as a, as a, when I first saw that film, the number of times I was unclear when, who was, who was playing, uh, Amidala at what point it was well done. Very well done. Yeah. Um, and I mean, isn't we're, we're in this project luminous. We're kind of entering into project luminous, which we talked a bit about two weeks ago. But the big thing about it is it's interconnection of um, comics and novels, right? And we have a sequel to Queen Shadow coming out later this year, some point soon, right? I, I couldn't remember when it's coming out. Yeah, I but think my, it's later this fall. Yeah, my guess is it's going to tie into this run. Like, my guess is this is leading up to what we're going to see in Queen's. I cannot remember the name of the new one, and Wikipedia is letting me down. Queen's Peril is it Queen's, Queen's Peril? Peril. Yeah, I think that's right. That sounds right. Okay. Um, yeah, that sounds right. 
Um, yeah. yeah, I can't wait to read that book. Yeah, you think you think it'll be a Sabe Vader team up? Is that what you're saying or not? No, I, I don't know what it's going to be. I think, but I think it's going to continue. It's weird, right? Because if this is Sabe, and maybe I'm wrong, it could be a different handmaiden. And this ends with Sabe dying, then Queen's Peril seems less interesting to me because we know her ultimate fate. Like I liked the way Queen Shadow ended. It made me very excited for like this idea of of the handmaiden kind of trying to figure out the mystery and track down Vader. So my guess is we're gonna get my guess is this is going to be the inter interim between Queen Shadow and Queen's Peril. And we're gonna rejoin Sabe after however this con- confrontation ends, which will probably not be in her death. Is my guess. Right. If that's vague enough. I like so, that prediction. It's a sound I think prediction. You're, uh, yeah. I think you uh, hedged your bets uh, <laughs> very well. Yeah. yeah. look back to this and say he did not say anything that clearly was said that could be contradicted. So he, he won. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, actually, it's Sache. <laughs> actually, it's Rabe. It's like, Sabe. Oh. <laughs> it's Dorme. Yeah, it's Corday. It's yeah. Duja. It's Dusha. <laughs> oh, died a long time ago. No, it's Dame. You guys know way more handmaidens than I know. That's <laughs> oh, I made most of those up. I think Greg got all the real ones. I made all the other ones up. <laughs> uh, it's real easy. You just kind of rhymed it with it's yeah, like Sambe. Two syllables with, with a May right. at the end. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be Beyonce. Tambe. Tambe. Same. Yeah, and like flambe. Now. <laughs> yeah, flambe. <laughs> All right. Uh, next comic, or you guys, you guys have any, have no, please, any things to say please further about this? Watch. All right. <laughs> please, can we go now? <laughs> um, so, uh, Rise of Kylo Ren three. We're diving into that now. Uh, so that's written by uh, Charles Sewell, uh, art by Will Sliney, colors by Guru EFX. Uh, summary is hoping to join the Knights of Ren. Ben Solo tells Ren the story of his training at Luke's temple and his murder of a young Jedi on Elthrona as proof. He has already performed their initiation rite and deserves a place in their ranks. All right. So we saw one of the initiation rituals and in, I think it was the first episode, right? Where it has to be a quote unquote good kill to get into the Knights of Ren. And it's usually involves killing someone close. And um, yeah, one of those guys didn't make the, that guy didn't make the cut. But um, so they're they're giving Kylo Ren the same, or I'm sorry, Ben Solo, the opportunity to do the same thing. Right, and he accidentally killed. Was it Henrix? Henix? Henix. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't count. And then, sure enough, sure doesn't count. Yeah, but they yeah take him anyways yep. because of you know it's it's amazing. Uh, Snoke's word draws a lot of water in that corner of the yeah. galaxy, I guess. So, is this? comic can i ask maybe a controversial question or like not a helpful question is this comic clarifying or making it even less clear what happened in force awakens yeah i see i i that's exactly what i wanted to dive into okay thank you when did luke decide to like lift the 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 ruins of the rubble off himself and and go to octu like during these comics he's likely already on his voyage to octu to his right. heritage, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He does nothing about Snoke. Like Luke does nothing about Snoke. Well, nothing about him. his nephew who hasn't clearly fallen <laughs> to the dark side yet, and yeah. like his other students who are alive, and then like who destroyed the temple, and then yeah. what was the what was the back what was the scene we see where there's like other like people who are clearly with Kylo? It's like I like the story, but then when I start trying to place it in what we know from um the first two sequel trilogies i don't know i know less now than i did before i feel like but wait luke didn't know that it was snoke that destroyed the temple and not ben right he thought he he really thought it was ben that did all that i think so yeah and ben takes credit for it or is given credit for it well, you know, we know revenge is not the way of the Jedi, and yeah. he, I think he is. He in his vision, Ben was already He's gone. Like, already he, fell. Okay, he yep. had already fallen, and so he just goes straight into uh, into hiding. All right, I'm with you there. I can buy that. Not that I'm like now prove this, but I'm like no. But like so, 
That's why I'm here. I am the, no, I, the I Lucasfilm it. apologist. That's what I do. Yeah, no, no, it's not. And it's not even critiquing. I just am honestly asking a real question. It's not me trying to get, do getcha. It's just like, I need to rewatch episode seven, which I did like a month ago. But like, isn't there a scene in the flashback where Kylo is like surrounded by other like dark side users? It seems like. Uh, in the temple. In the, it, it, that's oh, in a the different ruins. planet. That that seems to be a different oh. planet. Yeah, All right, yeah. so we might get the story in it. Okay. All right. Fixed. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Keep going. I'm okay. And he's he's already gotcha. Kylo Ren at that point, right? That's right, because he is wearing. He's, okay. he's got the whole getup. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So. I, I'm still utterly confounded. So uh, I'm better. By the whole, I, you're better. I'm not fixed. I'm still <laughs> like I, I'm still wrestling with the idea that. Luke, when he looked into Kylo's mind, he he feared that a darkness was growing inside him. It was worse than he could possibly imagine. That Snoke twisted his heart. All this kind of stuff does nothing about Snoke. Just goes straight to Octo. Like, yeah. it, it just this is these are the kind of the decisions that really uh, boggle my mind. And also that he well, knew that that Kylo was slowly being manipulated. I, I felt that he was being manipulated so, and did, did nothing about. Like, there's just some strange confounding notions to this guys, story that i don't fully understand the dark side is guys yes guys. no 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 guys no don't guys us it's guys whoa 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 whoa, whoa. lies it's all lies it's just grant because i'm i'm now on your side again ben because like here's the thing i love that he's just gonna like, find snoke on his hermetically seared sealed planet like <laughs> Him and Polly Shore's biodome, he's gonna like. <laughs> oh my! Oh my goodness! No. If Polly Shore walked out from the, the foliage on that, can I mention we're taking this at eleven o'clock at night? So, um, <laughs> so let me. The other thing I want to say is that, like, I don't mind his immediate, like, hermitage, because his two mentors in the Force were people who ran away and, and became hermits very quickly. So yeah. he's just like, "What do I do when things get tough? I run away and hide." Yeah, I've failed. I have to go into yeah. exile. I mean, that that Yoda kind of set that precedent, which and, I thought was and, a weird call, but okay. And and Obi Wan, right? Like, yeah. I thought his arc in the original tri- trilogy, like, purposefully uh, went to abutted that point and and went against that that thinking. Like, I feel like that was the arc of the original trilogy was, hey, you know, I'm going to confront okay. this threat. Yeah, maybe, but um, yeah, I don't know, but uh. I'm still a little confused about all that stuff, but uh, I I really did love this comic. I did love uh, the backstory with with the training on the te- on the, the, the Jedi Temple on Luke's Temple, and yeah. interesting the, the 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 Jedi's were called students and not like Padawans, but I guess they all shared one master, so it wasn't yeah. like assigned mentorships. Yeah, it was a school. I love that yeah. stuff too. Do you guys do you have any uh, favorite panels there? Because I have a couple. I mean, I personally just love like youngish Luke standing around Padawans, like raising rocks, like that's looking disinterested, like raising the biggest rock ever, just being like, ho hum. <laughs> but other people are like trying to move a pebble around and he's like, yeah, I'm good. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, it's cool to get the backstory of like of some of the students there and like finally to, to glean that. That was one of my favorite, like especially when they were really young and they were all like working on this and to see like a youngish Luke Skywalker. Um, you know, leading that temple. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, and some of the dialogue from Luke is really, really beautiful and really well written. I think Charles Sewell just nails the kind of force teaching dialogue. I know. Yeah. Which makes my heart hurt. Cause I want so much more of that. I know totally. I, we're going to get it in some format. Um, what do you think of Ben's new look kind of towards the end when he's giving up his yeah, that, that, that made waves on the, the internet and the, and the Twitter's verse. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Han Solo, uh, Ben Solo, you know, that the look is yeah. almost exactly the same. It's really, really cool. He's pulling a Han. His, like, what, his, like, motorcycle gang outfit? Yeah, but, like, his stance <laughs> and his, like, his low-slung, like, blaster, blaster which, like, yeah. down past his knee. It's, like, so his father. Yeah, yeah, that's, again, that made me, like, that's the Ben Solo that we sort of come back to in Rise of Skywalker oh. that I love so much. And, uh, and yeah, and actually, I, I liked um, he had his lightsaber strapped to his back, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh, I missed that. That's awesome. It's in like the yeah. center of his back, like a broadsword would be. Um, 
I thought that was kind of neat. Oh, which makes sense. Think about like the new sword he has. Oh, it totally is. I didn't see that. That's really great. I really like that. Yeah, I, I also love when uh, Kylo or Ben is is thinking back to his relationship with all the different students and the three students that are highlighted in this issue of Bo, Hennix, and Ty. Yeah. And um, there's actually a, kind of a Stephen King reference in this comic. Really? When he's, talk- when he's talking to Ty, and Ty talks about there being a box inside him that's locked up tight. Like, I just heard that exact diction in, like, Dr. Sleep, where they're talking about keeping a kind of box inside you and locking oh, it tight. Right. And I think it's in, I think it's in a number of uh, Stephen King's work. Uh, like, uh, Dreamcatcher dream the... dream has a kind of, like, you know, something inside you that's locked away. Like, so, I don't know. Can, as, as a really big Stephen King fan, Stephen King fan, can you stop referencing bad Stephen King? No, <laughs> but tell me Sorry. that didn't read as a reference to to, no. to Stephen King. He does like the weird mind palace stuff in his later works. Yeah. He does do a little bit of that stuff, which is fun. I actually actually really like the novel Doctor Street Sleep. The movie mm-hmm. is is a movie. Ooh, the movie's rough. Yeah, I, it was it was a fun watch, but uh, yeah, not yeah. like not the show. It's really good. I really like the book, but uh, whatever. Moving on. Yeah. All right. Yes, I'll have no <laughs> besmirching of Stephen King's name at all ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the New England I mean, hero, catcher, and, uh, Twitter hero, and, yeah. Like, can I just? All right, I just got to no, give you, you no, two you seconds. You can't have Star Wars podcast. Uh, <laughs> come on, it's family amazing. friendly. Family he was friendly. High on painkillers and wrote it freehand <laughs> on on legal pads. Dreamcatcher's amazing. Perhaps, <laughs> but moving on. He got hit um, by a car, almost died, and decided to, try to write a movie about <laughs> uh, aliens that are like pod people. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Killed by sleep by when sitting on a toilet. It's really great. It's awesome. Moving on. Perfect. Um, who was your favorite of the three students that were highlighted? Was there one that you gravitated to that thought was interesting? I mean, I like Ty. Um, I, like, because Ty, you know, really did know who Kylo was, and. He was, you know, had the potential to be a really positive force for um, for Ben Solo. And, you know, you can't help but root for that guy. Like he seemed to be the most grounded Jedi out of the three. And, uh, I don't know, thought he's a nice. That's funny because I feel like your tie, Adam is Hennix and oh. I am Bo. So literally I was about to, add, I was about to answer, I like Hennix the best. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I relate with Bo, the tenacity of Bo, I relate. The snarkiness, Ooh. the snarkiness of Hegs of Hennix. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hennix is like studying those holograms. I was like, this is this must be Adam's jet type of Jedi. Yeah. I like that. You you nailed it. That was my pick. Everything's a um, puzzle. Even when like the lightsabers flying at him, he's like, I know I can figure <laughs> this out. Yeah. Good to know. That's how it duck, die. bro. Duck. That is actually very true. Like I do when things are coming at me, I tend to think way too long and then end up like, like I've been in a couple of car crashes and that's mostly because I didn't react because I was thinking about how I should react and then didn't. You know, when he shrieked, it was like a Zoidberg. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's <laughs> also how I shrieked. That lightsaber cut him in half. Oh, man. Uh, poor Quarren's. Oh. Ben's not only a murderer, he's a speciest. Yeah, going after the core and the soul core, and um, but uh, I like that the dark side is referred to as the shadow. Uh, yeah. I think throughout the, these issues, and uh, Ren even calls it that. Uh, really, really interesting. I wouldn't mind that that you know taking form in live action. If they want to call it that. That's cool. Yeah, that, well, I don't um, think anything's by accident with the with the um, with the Project Luminous stuff, right? Because we've heard the High Republic mentioned numerous times, so I'm guessing yeah. that we're gonna hear shadow. As a as terminology now, so is this uh, part of Project Luminous? Is this the kickoff? I think that... everything's connected at this point. I don't know okay. if that's the, the whole the main... restart. Yeah, I think everyone knows what everyone's doing, so there might be like references. I think that's why you've seen the High Republic. I don't think this is part of the the big overarching storyline, but my guess is that they know what they're doing, so they're going to set up kind of you know interconnections. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um... There... Quick, quick a, note. Um, sure. Did you guys see in the beginning of this when he when they're on Vernak and which is this cool like Amazonian swamp world where the Knights of Ren just their hideout is, and um, it looks like there's like night like Knights of Ren hopefuls like hopefuls sitting around like slouched around the area right. like, like people who want to get in the Knights of Ren or something like that. And I was like, uh-huh. that's so cool because that's 
that's like my favorite thing from KOTOR with like all the people sitting outside the Sith temple and like trying to get inside. I, I love the hopefuls. I love the people who want to be, you know, force users and, and can't be or, or you know, sitting outside the, the temple grounds. Mm. It's like fight cool. With that. Yeah, yeah, it's like fight like, the forge forever. It's kind That's of Buddhist, awesome. yeah. I totally didn't notice that, but I'm going to go back and check. I was actually, I was going to say something about that same, the like, uh, the wide shot, um, which is your first introduction. You can see the uh, night buzzard um, parked on like a landing pad outside. Mm, yeah. And I know, Adam, Adam, not a fan of the night buzzard, <laughs> but I think it's super. I, it's interesting I, to know that jalopy was, you know, operating way back then. Sure, I liked it better. It was called a Reavers uh, thing from uh, Serenity, but it's cool. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Wait, good go, but good. Let's pull. not compare good. Serenity and the Rise of Skywalker. Um, no, honestly, <laughs> let's not, because let's Rise not. of Skywalker will win. Will absolutely win. Uh, yeah, but I do. But, yeah, um, I just went back there. I do love kind of the people hanging around, like who. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, I, I also I have another story logic problem. Maybe you guys can help me with. Why doesn't Ben tell them about? Why doesn't Ben tell the students, the three students chasing him, about Luke drawing the saber on him, and like at least just exclaim that well, he attacked me, he attacked me, or something? Because like, I think I, 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 I'm so confused by that. So I think he's looking because he was already told right there he needs to be a good death, and I think he was yes. trying to lie his way into getting into the Knights of Ren. No, but Grant is saying why doesn't he say it to the three? Um, oh knights chasing him They're yeah chasing okay him. i got nothing it's one of my least favorite plot devices in all of anything is when people can solve something through just i don't know talking and yeah. don't so i got nothing right, great yeah. <laughs> I, I i i have something for you there because this yeah. episode is largely about how ben just feels shadow all the time and he's just like constantly feels drawn to the darkness and he's like sort of feels mm. like an outcast because of that and he's like I think really kind of embarrassed by it and doesn't want to talk about the, like even talk about the fact that, you know, that his dark side is so, you know, like weighs uh, so heavy on his soul. And, and so I think being like, well, yeah, the master looked at me and like, you know, he actually went so far as to draw a saber because he was like so afraid of what he saw in my soul. Right. Uh, um, and I mean, I don't, I don't know that that, you know, and then I reacted. I mean, yeah, that that's still, that's a very, uh, a mature thing to do and i don't think he's a very mature person at this point in his life right yeah it, it feels natural to not mention it, it totally I, I get that it could feel inorganic if he does just you know shout that out but at the same time it could create really interesting like story repercussions for the other characters and that they now think luke is there's a dark side to luke you know what i mean like yeah. those characters could have fascinating arcs after hearing something like that you know and and kind of rethink their lives yeah. but, um, but who knows how long they'll be around yeah, explains why they didn't find their old master and bury him or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're gonna make it out past issue four. Yeah, <laughs> which, which by the way, the next issue is the last issue, which is kind of unbelievable. Like, how do you wrap this whole thing up in one more issue? Well, maybe like you said, Adam. Maybe they address the, the Force back in the Force Awakens, and you get you know, maybe the Knights of Ren. Obviously, he's gonna kill Ren in the last issue, right? Yeah, but there's a lot right, of ground that's, to cover. That's kind of where it's yeah. That's a, there's a lot of ground to kind of build a hatred towards Ren if if that yeah. is where it's gonna go. Um, I think that's gonna be his good death, right? Oh well, there you go. Yeah, he's gonna 100%. kill percent. Oh, good yeah. point. Good point. Yeah. yeah. How did I not see that one coming? Yeah, good point. That's exactly what's and, gonna happen. And get his and get his name right. We he hasn't you know he hasn't gotten the name Kylo Ren yet. So so because so. he killed he. Key Kylo Ren, like what is this? Kylo? <laughs> Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. I killed Kylo Ren. Ren. Kylo. Kylo. Yeah, Ren, Kylo. Ren. Ren killer. Ren Kylo. Killer O Ren. Yeah. Oh no. Makes sense. Now it makes perfect sense, guys, because Kylo is like kill, yeah. guys. It's just shortened. It's Killer of Ren. Kilo Ren. Kylo Ren. Yeah. It's, so he's Irish. It's like kill, kill <laughs> exactly. Killer O Ren. It's a very <laughs> literal name. Oh boy! Well, Please don't let that happen. But we did. It was uh, episode one of this series. He already has this name in his mind. Right. That for some reason he planted that. So that's what that's what Snoke must mean is that he has Kylo. Maybe that was his Darth Bane. Maybe it was supposed to be Darth Kylo, which doesn't sound great. But then he was just like he took the mantle of Ren, so he ended up doing Kylo Ren. But it'd be interesting where Kylo comes from. But I think you're right. But you're right. It's, it's, it's a combination of kill and emo. Kylo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I personally hate it whenever. Actually, I was watching Jeopardy tonight because um, I'm an old man. 
and uh, they had <laughs> one of the one of the answers was like Adam Driver, and yeah. uh, but uh, or the questions was Adam Driver, um, but the answer involved they're like who is the the emo uh, villain in Force? <laughs> oh <Christ>? no, <laughs> I really don't. And like I was like, come on, Alex. <laughs> They, they really like to take shots at Star Wars fans. I watched I watched Jeopardy religiously, and there's a lot of those where I'm just like, "Come on, that was unnecessary." We're all nerds here. Yeah, <laughs> what they yeah. gotta go on a guy. Um, though pretty, I don't know. I, I just let's not undersell how amazing Adam Driver was in uh, in the he's that role because it's it's he's so fantastic good. and very enjoyable. He's the Ewan McGregor of the sequel trilogy, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I like that. I 100% agree. I... Well, with the sound of the screen door, I think that probably brings us to a close. Do we, uh, uh, we hint what we're going to talk about what we're going to do next week? Yes, let's hint. And why don't you hint? Because I don't know. So, <laughs> so as an announcement to all of you and apparently my guess. two co-hosts. <laughs> uh, we are uh, Star or Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars is happening. Clone Wars season seven premieres next Friday on Disney Plus. Yes. So we're going to cover the first episode. That's awesome. Yeah, you know That's all. Right. I'm done short selling the animated series, which I didn't even realize I was doing. But um, huh. I, after now that I've been going back through like the the Rebels, I'm like, these are outstanding donations to the like Star Wars oh, yeah. franchise. Yeah. Um, so and and you know, like they've had a long time to work on this season. Mm-hmm. So um, I th- uh, I can't wait. Yeah. So let's let's do a nice deep dive on that and um, and talk about it and see see where they're gonna go. That's gonna be fun. Love it. Sweet. Anything else? All right. Um, super. Well, once again, thanks so much for listening um, to us um, do this. Um, you're all great. Long live Star Wars, and may the Force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you always. <laughs>